How does the Beatles' first appearance on The Ed Sullivan Show, as well as the Rolling Stones' first U.S. performance at the Swing Auditorium in Southern California, relate to the Walkman, the iPod, and music as we know it today? Find out about all this and more on Full Circle Analog, the podcast hosted by Brad Blue, the man who, like many, was there through it all. The first and second British invasion, Bruce Springsteen, Elton John, and so, so many more. As well as sometimes me, Alec Blue, his son and fellow lover of music, who comes on to provide a more modern perspective as well as learn about the past. Good afternoon, everyone. That was our legal eight under eight second tie-in of an Elton John song called Teenage Idol. Today's podcast is a free-form podcast as we celebrate Elton John. Elton John seems to be everywhere, doesn't he? Um, he's got a new biopic out, and uh, as I call him, right? And... Uh, He's got a new biopic out uh, right now on Access Television. He's on um, the Million Dollar Red Piano or whatever, which actually was recorded five years ago. But I've been watching it, and you know, I've seen Elton John forever. And there's some surprises in this concert. But anyway, before I get ahead of myself, um, Elton John... Uh, biography is a movie right now called Rocket Man. I believe it's doing quite well at the theaters. Uh, debating whether to see it myself. I uh, did not go see Bohemian Rhapsody in the theaters last season, Academy Awards season. We all know all the awards it won. Um, I'm a little weird that way, maybe, but, uh, you know, growing up in the 60s and 70s, we saw all these great bands that came through uh, in where I live, Southern California. We saw everyone we wanted to see. We could see everyone we wanted to see. Tickets were hard to get, but they weren't impossible to get. Um, and Elton John, I saw, was blessed to see the tour that was probably his most famous tour. It's when he was at the top of his game Goodbye Yellow Brick Road had come out, and it was called the Goodbye Yellow Brick Road Tour. And they started with that song. The, the curtain, when the lights went down, <laughs> the curtains, when the lights went down, they played that. I remember that. Teenage Idol. And then they broke into the opening songs, Funeral for a Friend, Love Lies Bleeding, off Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, and played lots of the album and his earlier stuff, but it was stuff up through Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. And it was an amazing tour. Elton John was at the top of his game. He was wearing the crazy costumes, and and he was into shoes and glasses, too, over-the-top stuff. I thought it was kind of silly, but I really enjoyed his music as well. There's some songs on Goodbye Yellow Brick Road that are some of my favorite Elton John songs. Number one, I always tend to gravitate towards the songs that weren't uber famous. I mean, how many times have we heard, you know, a Benny and the Jets, Candle in the Wind, uh, and uh, Saturday Night's All Right. 
all those great songs, great songs. But my favorite, there's two really, three really great songs, more than that actually, that uh, show up on there. And my favorite one is called Roy Rogers, uh, a song about growing up, watching westerns on Ameri- from America. Another one is called I've Seen That Movie Too. That is an awesome song. The lyrics are amazing. And uh, the very last song on the album, Harmony. Love those songs. Uh, for me, um, things started to change. Uh, after bands had been out for 20 years, they had either broken up, come back together, uh, toured, let's say, in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. You know, 20 years had passed. They were in their 40s or later. Um, sometimes there were personnel changes. Sometimes some band members had died. Um, I mean, if, if you look at you know one of my favorite bands growing up, there were dozens of them, but Chicago was one of them. And they have never stopped touring since the 70s. I, I don't quite get it. But, you know, from their tragic loss of Terry Kath, in 1978, I believe, um, there's a great uh, movie on d- directed and written by his daughter about him, and I strongly recommend it. It's on Access, AXS TV, um, the Terry Kath story. But from Terry Kath and then Peter Cetera left the band, Danny Serafin left the band, the horn section stayed intact until just recently. Uh, when Walter Perizader, the saxophone guy, the flute player, the guy in the middle, uh, decided to leave the band. And, uh, you know, they get these guys in the band that sound like the original guys, but they're not. Uh, yes, another one of my favorite bands. Of course, we tr- we lost, sadly, Chris Squire not too long ago, my favorite all-time bass player. But, you know, John Anderson has been in and out of the band, and... You know, they get these guys in that sound like them, but they're not them. So, you know, seeing this happen through the 90s and two and into the 2000s, uh, seeing some of my favorite bands come back and, you know, just not delivering it like, you know, back in the day with 17,000 people when uh, things uh, were different, obviously. Um, so then these, now the deal is we're getting these movies out about rock stars with actors. And I guess I get the, I get the similar reaction when, I don't know about you, but when I hear lately, for example, this is the worst thing that drives me nuts. Uh, Google has been running these TV ads with the Beatles song Help to advertise the Google search engine page. I hate that. I turn off the channel. To me, that's that's disrespectful and a sacrilege. I don't care even if they got permission to do it. I'm kind of surprised they did. I thought Yoko might say, I don't think so. Like the Beatles individually, their estates or their Paul or Ringo need money. You know, 
Um, and like they need to spread their influence. I mean, they are going to be famous probably for the next hundred years. Who knows? I mean, my son, who's 21, has an appreciation for the Beatles and really grasps how big they were not and how important they were to the formation of the rock and roll movement that we grew up with. They were the pioneers, and they blew open the, the gates to, to what music could be. We were the first generation to have our own music. Fantastic. Um, but I guess, back to my point, is I don't like to see rock and roll commercials rock and roll music in commercials and or starting TV shows. Um, it kind of drives me nuts. Anyway, that's my rant right now. Um, so we have this Rocket Man biopic that's going on. Um, we had the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody come out last year. And, you know, more power to you if you went and seen them. This whole podcast today was, uh, came to mind when, um, one of my wife's friends started posting on social media about, uh, seeing Rocket Man and how much she liked it. And I rarely comment on other posts, but, I know her very well myself. We've been friends as long as my wife and I have been together, and she's like family. So I jumped in and told her my thoughts. She was a little surprised, but she knows me. And uh, that I don't really care to see these movies. If I want to see something, I go to like YouTube or just type in what I want to see in the search box. And thanks to the digital technology and the digital age, stuff that stuff has been hiding for years and years and years under beds, in uh, vaults, in studios, uh, private collections is being uh, slowly released. Um, I believe that a better version of the Beatles movie. Um, let it be, not let it be, you know, uh, the, the, the movie that came out originally with the rooftop concert, the, the, the sessions in Twickingham Studios that was actually at the end of the Beatles and it was supposed to be a triumphant end for the band turned into this sad commentary. And, uh, but it ended up with a joyous rooftop concert at the end of it. Um, that is going to be redone and re-released in the next couple of years. Now, that's something I'll go see. I like seeing original footage, whether it's backstage, uh, on stage. Uh, Ron Howard, not too long ago, directed Eight Days a Week. And, you know, footage that was in there that no one had seen before. Some lady had gone to the Beatles concert in San Francisco, which was their last concert and actually filmed the concert in 8mm. And it was under her bed since the 60s. 
and whatever she passed, I'm not sure, or the estate or just the lady herself found it. And Ron Howard put a put the word out that they were looking for stuff like that, and she was gracious enough to allow the uh, production company to borrow it, and they were blown away, absolutely blown away. You know, I, I have a lot of issues with Ron Howard. I love Ron Howard. Who doesn't love Ron Howard from Happy Days, you know, before that to the Andrew Griffith Show, and he's he's a fantastic director. He's done a lot of good movies on a lot of different subjects, but... Um, Eight Days a Week was okay. Don't get me started on the Dan Brown, Da Vinci Code, Robert Langdon character. Uh, I do not like those movies that Ron Howard directed. It sucked the life out of one of the great characters in fiction since Sherlock Holmes, Robert Langdon. Anyway, I digress. So, 55... Years after, today we're looking at biopics. Are they worth it? Do they help your experience? Do they make you sad? Uh, I understand from going back and forth with my wife's friend on social media today that she had no idea that Elton's childhood was so tough. Well, I'm not surprised. How much art is created from pain? But do I have to see that? I'll go. I'll meet you halfway uh, uh, on the internet around Christmas. Elton John's people or something put together a quick montage of Elton John as a young boy through his stardom in just a matter of seconds by uh, playing. The piano at Christmas time in their household. His mother obviously saw that he was gifted and wanted to have him have the opportunity to learn how to play. All right, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is the After Podcast podcast. Uh, me and Dad are here today. We saw Rocket Man a couple days ago, and we felt it was necessary to add a little bit of a spice up to the podcast by giving our short review of it. Uh, In a previous podcast, I had referred to the movie as Elton John seemed to be all over the place lately in the media, including uh, this movie that he produced uh, that we saw over the Father's Day weekend. So... Anyway, and uh, I also wanted to mention that uh, you talked a bit, bit in the podcast about what is it about people making movies about these biopics. old rock stars. Yes, biopics. Yeah, biopics or biopics, biopics, whatever, <laughs> about these old rock stars. And it's funny you said that because one of the trailers, well, we're not going to talk about yesterday because what a travesty of a movie. But uh, there is one about um, Bruce Springsteen's music, not him, not him in particular, but a, a young Indian teen trying to balance his family's expectations with his own own personal goals and being a high schooler and uh, his experiences with falling in love with Bruce Springsteen's music in like the late 80s or something. And uh, I, I thought that, that was really interesting how that perfectly tied in with everything you were talking about. Well, at least this is a hop, skip and a jump from using rock music in commercials on television or cable or whatever, which has always been a pet peeve of mine. Uh, most recently, as I mentioned in that previous podcast, Google 
using the Beatles song Help. Like, when you need help, you Google, right? Which, I mean, it's it's appropriate, and it's it's a lot of the way that people use it artistically. Also, you know, if you hear the word, if you hear the first line of help, no matter where you are, everybody's head just turns over to face it. So, Considering it's such an iconic song, and it was actually serious. Uh, Use your phone, Dad. John was... Uh, you, you baby boomers are always on your phones. Oh, gosh. That's <laughs> Okay, yes, we're live, and we are totally live here. So, anyway, the biopic or biopic, biopic sounds scientific to me. Yeah. Well, biopic it, it, sounds like a movie. Yeah, it's like, well, you don't call it biology. Or, as your grandmother would say, that was such a nice picture. It was always a picture when a movie was a picture. Because it was a picture show. And those of you my age who know the Peter Bogdanovich film, The Last Picture Show. There it goes. Will identify with using the word picture as a movie. Anyway, um, not, I, at the time I was just curious why these movies were suddenly appearing from the Queen movie. Bohemian Rhapsody to the Rocket Man movie. I saw interviews with Elton John over the past several days and the actor who played him. And then I saw Bernie Taupin interviewed with the actor who played him, I think on the Today Show. And I said, oh, what the heck? Maybe if they both endorse the film. Maybe I'll go see it. Well, little did I know that Elton John was executive producer, so of course he'd be endorsing the film. Uh, But uh, it was a very strange movie in a sense. It was part musical, part documentary maybe. because the movie, without getting into into spoilers, is uh, has a large focus on some of the harder parts. In fact, almost entirely focuses on the harder parts of Elton John's life, from you know the trials and tribulations of being a rock star and having too much money and too much power to being uh, homosexual throughout the last forty years and all the trials and tribulations that come with that. So it it is an interesting documentary because it, it like I said it does focus on some of the more hard parts and that's the parts you didn't like was that it does focus more on the the stuff you don't want to know about you know yeah. the movie runs two hours and one minute and an hour and a half of it focus on troubles and sudden fame and the old story of getting hooked on drugs to deal with the pressure and the pain or just getting caught up in that wild lifestyle. I would have liked it if it would have been in a half an hour of that would have been in the movie and more about his rise to fame. I didn't know he was a musical prodigy. I mean, he's obviously extremely talented, but there's a scene in the movie that really brings that out. And that was interesting. Uh, yeah. Cause for a lot of artistic reasons, I really enjoyed the film. Um, cause, uh, just aside from my personal opinions on the narrative, which I, I particularly enjoyed, but, uh, they have a lot of great moments from, you know, as more of his story is told and it gets more honest, he actually physically starts to strip down one of his costumes to just eventually ending up in just like a, like a, a suit, which was really nice. Um, there's also, also this is a little bit spoilery. But uh, there was that, like Dad mentioned, it's a musical, but it didn't feel like a musical. And it, you know that might be because I was expecting it to be because it's an Elton John biopic. But it, the way they transferred from the actual like story to the music was flawless, in my opinion. 
Yeah, it was a musical in the sense of those of you who have seen the movie Moulin Rouge or go back a few years before that, uh, Cabaret with Liza Minnelli and Joel Grey where art and music and life intermingle in such a way that sometimes you can't tell what's real and what's art. My friend Ethan um, absolutely adores Moulin Rouge, so yeah. Yeah, it's it's quite a film. It is an amazing film. I really was blown away by that film. Uh, and it's funny because when I was a kid, I did not like musicals at all. Uh, Neither did I particularly. Back then, the movie Oliver, about Oliver Twist, uh, was done in musical form, and that was a movie that I that changed my opinion. And uh, I've since to grow to like the art form. Uh, but um, anyway, another thing that was kind of singular was they picked, I think, up to two dozen Elton John songs. But the number doesn't matter. Uh, but they put them in a timeline of his life. And I don't think it was necessarily the timeline that the songs were released on the albums that they were released. But the lyrics kind of jumped off the page and showed what was going on possibly in his life during that time. I think it was taking artistic license because I don't think it was chronologically correct, but it like songs like Rocket Man and Benny and the Jets, songs that you may have a mindset because you've heard them so long. You'll you'll hear them in a completely new way. Oh yeah. And that was refreshing. Yeah, like there's um without getting without th this isn't really spoilers, but there's a point towards the end where there's a character who has been very influential in his life is walking away dramatically having almost given up and uh, he starts singing Goodbye Yellow Brick Road as he's walking down the road away and as much as that probably wasn't in the timeline, I think you said that happened much earlier in his life than when the movie was portraying it. It was it was very nice how this character was singing it and transferred to other characters singing it. And it was, it was very nice how that was done. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So all in all, I, I give, if we use the Siskel and Ebert, for those of you who remember Roger, Sisk, Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel, uh, I give it a thumbs up. And I give it a thumbs up. So for the um, two. It, uh, but it's, 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 <laughs> it's different. Prepare to be uh, prepare to be a prepare to be pretty uncomfortable, especially if you've ever had an issues with substance abuse or are close to somebody who has, or you know there are uh, very intimate scenes between men and occasionally women. So there are it is a very intense movie. I would not take small children to go see it because you know it 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 also does actually show him doing cocaine and such. So it's. Pre-graphic, but you know it's it's honest in that interpretation. It's not graphic to be graphic. It feels like it's trying to be as honest as it can be. It's pretty well known that Elton John's meteoric rise to fame was after he appeared at Doug Weston's Troubadour on the Strip, which I have been to to see concerts before. I saw the Wind and the Wave, and oh man, what a venue! And the. Uh, it was reviewed by Robert Hilburn, who was then the music critic of the Los Angeles Times. And that review put it on a mainstream newspaper, spread across the country. Everybody wanted to see who this guy was. I thought the movie uh, portraying that event was probably one of the weakest links in the chain. They made it this kind of, won't go into it, but they dragged it out. 
made this kind of like larger than life moment uh, artistically done, but I would have rather have seen two or, th- and it was just one song. Uh, I would like to have seen two or three songs, maybe montage together that would have showed the audience at first being, you know, curious to being rabid to cheering crazily at this new performing artist named Elton John. I thought that scene was very disappointing because if, you know, for the few that were there, they know exactly what that night was like. And in the audience, there were uh, some people that helped his career and influenced him as well. Leon Russell and Neil Diamond. I Neil think Diamond. Uh, Chris Neil. And, you know, having not known a lot about Elton John's life, I really liked that scene. I mean, it was it was one of my favorite parts. Interesting. Because yeah. they, they also one thing they do throughout the movie is they recreate like famous newspaper article pictures. And they they and that was one of those moments. And that was really cool how that was done. It was funny. Uh, there was a cameo in there of uh, Niles Martin, Giles Martin, excuse me, uh, G- the famous George Martin, the fifth Beatle. Uh, his son plays a, a plays himself, a music engineer, in one of the scenes in the film. I got a kick out of that because um, I don't think uh, he was old enough <laughs> when Elton John hit the scene. I mean, Elton John hit the scene in the mid '70s. I was. Uh, almost 20 years old and as i mentioned previously i did was privileged to see the goodbye yellow brick road tour uh at the forum in los angeles somewhere around 1975 or 77 i don't remember but that was a big deal so anyway that's uh, our quick review of uh or not so quick of uh, rocket man Executive producer Elton John, running time two hours and one minute, playing citywide, and I'm sure it's playing in a theater near you. And uh, from what I'm cross-referencing, and it sounds like it's a better picture than Bohemian Rhapsody across the board. Because I think uh, overall it was a very enjoyable experience, and it is it is a very artistic and very cinematic representation of Elton John's life, whereas Bohemian Rhapsody was more of just an actual biography. It was like a biography put onto the big screen. And, I mean, I hadn't seen Bohemian Rhapsody because, I mean, personally, much as I like uh, Rami Malek, I think his name is, I, I just wasn't particularly interested in it. Right. And uh, I, I usually go to see movies with people and nobody wanted to see it. So I let that one pass. But I'm, I, I'm kind of with you. I think that Rocket Man was a – I mean, it's it's a movie. It's not a biography. It is a movie about Elton John's life. And I think that was really well done. So now we'll look forward to see what the opinion is on this movie based on the songs of Bruce Springsteen. And, uh, and we're not going to see yesterday because, as I mentioned, it's a travesty of a movie. You can't make a Beatles movie without the Beatles. Interestingly enough, in the media today, the Beatles, surviving Beatles and family members, gave their blessing to yesterday's. And from what I've seen in the trailer, it looks like uh, Paul and Ringo might be in the movie. And uh, who knows? Anyway, that's uh, but yeah, not to be negative here. That's it. Yeah, we don't want to end on a negative note. Ah, <laughs> so, don't let the sun go down on me. 
So yeah, overall, Rocket Man, great movie, great artistic representation of his life. The soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal, and it is available on Spotify, probably Pandora, or wherever you listen, probably on Apple Music and iTunes. So I recommend giving it a listen. Uh, favorite tracks are uh, Saturday Night's All Right. Uh, Rocket Man was pretty good. There was a couple others that were just really good because they they did the music. They gave them the musical treatment where some of them have have choruses now and uh, like well actual like, yeah, like choirs cat, by Honky that. Cat was yeah Honky uh, Cat was pretty had cool. a completely different twist. Your song was to it. So yeah, it's it overall was pretty good. I really enjoyed it. I give it a thumbs up. You gave it a thumbs up. So there you go. All right. All right, that's it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. We started Old Days New Ways to help people take their old audio and video tech and convert it to the digital age. If you're interested in getting that done or you want to keep up to date with all the awesome offers we have because we know that technology can be a daunting experience, you can go ahead and check us out at www.odnws.com. That's our website, and our two main tabs are Book Now and Learn How. Learn How is our up-to-date offers on how you can learn modern technology, and Book Now is where you can schedule appointments with us to help get your technology transferred to the modern age. So thanks for listening. Tune in next time.